Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 20 of season 5. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. So how was the weekend, Action? Um, I'm trying to remember what you did. You You've been traveling, Yeah, right? Yeah, we took the weekend off and laid low. We did go out to dinner with some friends on Friday. That was it in the neighborhood down the street, a little Pops Italian place. And uh, then just laid low Saturday, did some stuff around the house, watched football, basketball, pretty much all day Saturday and Sunday. It was a nice, relaxing weekend. How about yourself? Nice. Not relaxing, as you can imagine. <laughs> I got back from the trip, and then I... Friday, I was just preparing for the big game night, uh, and I don't think you've ever attended the game night. You're probably out of town. Yeah, the no, time. I was there at game night once. Okay, okay good. Good. So, I mean, well, the, the most famous time you came to a party was when you came as the, the duffel bag boy yeah. better for the for the Halloween party. So I remember that. But, um, but yeah, so game night, we had uh, like 50 people show up. It was insane. I, my apartment is – I think I was testing the floor joists uh, <laughs> to see if we were going to hold – so many people in here, but it was really fun. A lot of energy, a lot of activity, um, lots of alcohol consumed. I still have plenty of leverage. Don't worry if you come over. But um, nice. my win, he might have come from the clutch, but uh, we had come, come from behind, as we usually do. And it was mainly the charades that one of my friends in volleyball really did really well. So great time. But we had, you know, a lot of volleyball crew. But we had, you know, you know, Aaron Mina, you know, obviously Primetime Murphy was here. Ridgeway was here. Um, so we had a nice, nice grouping, not just volleyball or some other people's cousins and stuff. So it was a great time. Great time, man. Yeah. I saw pictures. It looked like quite the crowd. So I hear you guys had fun. Yeah. And then obviously it was kind of recovery cleanup on Sunday. And then, um, Monday I actually did a presentation for work. So I thought I'd come to watch the second half of an exciting college bat, the college football game to. It was like 35 to 7 at halftime or something. So, you know, I guess besides the total, which really if they didn't score the last touchdown, I would have hit both sides of that one. Um, you know, Georgia just destroyed them. They, they were just so much, so much better. Yeah, it's uh, safe to say that the early week money was wrong. It was probably the public just pumping up or pumping down the TCU side. And I think uh, just watching the markets on Monday at some point, the, the real people bounced on Georgia at – a little bit lower numbers, and that was obviously the correct bet. <laughs> I heard the live line kept kept hitting a live line because it kept going up, and it finally closed it. I think it still hit because they won by what oh, yeah. 58? Is that right? So I think it was 63 or 54. Yeah. Yeah. 59 point final margin. Ugh, that's just rough. But you know. Born Frog Nation, you know, you, you got you got that far. Just too bad you get trounced. But uh. yeah, thankfully for my uh, one or two, well, I made several prop bets, but the one TCU prop bet I made was Max Duggan to score, and he scored the first touchdown 
they somehow got into the end zone in the first quarter and never sniffed it the rest of the game. So I lucked out there a little bit. There you go. Nice work. Nice work. All right, well, let's go into the NFL action. Uh, let's go to week 18, and then we'll dig into wild card weekend. Um, so first in week 18, we, we bounced back. We were on the right side pretty much all of our games, which is good. Um, we'll start off with the game we didn't hit, the confounding Raiders. Uh, the Raiders team, I think we missed them seven times this year. I, I don't know if we ever picked them or picked their opponent correctly all year. Hmm. And I blame them and our proxy for us not winning money this year. But, you know, it's our fault ultimately. But, um, but no, Stidham came back to earth like I kind of expected. Kansas City took care of business and actually covered the number 31 to 13 in this one pretty easily. Yeah, I'd say that's all Dave's fault. Actually, I don't blame us in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you remember that proxy. <laughs> uh, but the other games, you know, we talked about the Bengals a little bit. The Bengals were seven and a half in favorites. These, this team has been on fire against the spread. I mean, they won 26 in this one. It wasn't a complete domination. It was closer than the score appears. But, you know, they, I think they're like. 30 and four or something in their last 34 games against the spread. I mean, this team is just a juggernaut right now. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the line move in this game by Sunday morning made it pretty evident that a lot of betters in the market knew exactly what the uh, Ravens were going to do. Anthony Brown started at quarterback. They didn't even try Huntley, presumably knowing that they were going to match up with the same team in the next week in the wild card round. And they just kind of went with a vanilla game plan Although, I have to be honest with you, I, when I saw that news, I went in, pumped in some Ravens, team total under, mm-hmm. and they moved the ball yeah. quite a bit on the Bengals. I was kind of disappointed in what I saw in that bank defense, knowing what they were going up against the Ravens with down a ton of starters. So, bring some question marks going into the playoffs here in the real matchup. Okay, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Falcons, they were four-point favorites in this one against the Bucks. We talked about Tom Brady playing. He played... Very, he didn't play the whole game, obviously. So the game was closer in the first half. Pulled starters. Falcons ran away with the 30 to 17, so they cover as well. So we didn't end up picking that in the contest, but it was a good hit as well. Yep. Then we had the Finns. You know, this was a weird game, weird time. Uh, the Dolphins opened as a favorite, then they closed as a dog, then they then they went back to a favorite, right? I, I can't even know. I couldn't even keep track. I think they in the contest they were the dog at plus one. But they end up closing as a three-point favorite, three-and-a-half-point favorite? Three-and-a-half, four in some spots. And as you know, I think it went to six late with the Jets, the ball with the ball in their own end. And they did some, you know, pitching, trying to break something long. And uh, the ball ended up in the end zone for a safety. And the Dolphins won by five and covered for everyone who came late to the and late four with Miami. Yeah, and it was it was six six except and then the Jets were I'm sorry the Dolphins were driving got kind of an interesting penalty to get them into the you know field goal range so mm-hmm. I mean they they needed to win the game to make, to get the, the playoffs and they did but man that was an ugly game and Indeed. I mean despite Flacco starting for the Jets so we got in that one and everybody at the three well we guess we didn't we were still in the one plus one mm-hmm. but it's, they could have lost the game and not covered the spread True. on that one. Uh, the Commanders plus seven. Boy, this game wasn't the way I expected it. The uh, Commanders just dominated the game. Sam Howell, your your guy, North Carolina yep. guy, right? Mm-hmm. He played really well. Dallas looked awful. I don't know what's going on. We'll talk about them in the playoffs, but they lose 26 to six outright. I don't know if this saves, you know, Rivera's job. Apparently, he hasn't been fired yet, so maybe it has. Um, so, yeah, they, they win and. 
they finished above 5, or I guess even, but they don't finish below 500. So everybody in the AS, uh, NSC East finished at 500 or better. Wow. Yeah, weird game. Another uh, game where the Dallas defense really didn't play up to their expectations. And uh, Sam Howell looked pretty good. You kind of wonder if they had gone to him sooner instead of the they probably held on to Heineke a little bit too long, and then they went to Wentz at the wrong time. But I have to wonder if Howell had been inserted at that point in the season, if it had been a different outcome for the Washington Commanders. It's hard to say. All those young quarterbacks that have come in this year have had good early success. Uh, so maybe you're right. Maybe for a couple weeks anyway. Uh, the Broncos, another weird game. Uh, obviously, the Chargers at that point knew where they were seated, so they didn't really have to win. But Staley played his guys, and uh, the, the Broncos went from a three-point favorite to a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They didn't really play that great, and, and obviously the Chargers were win, I guess. And in the end, there was a push, uh, 31-28. The two takeaways I had from this is Staley's an idiot because Mike Williams gets Carter off the field with a back injury. He may play. And secondly, the Broncos, like, where was this offense all year? Yeah, good question. Maybe it was Nathaniel Hackett holding them back. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, you nailed it. I think every single sports talk show and podcast I've listened to this week has just been ripping Brandon Staley for playing the starters as long as he did in that game, knowing at that point after the Bengals had him that they had no chance to improve their seating. So we'll see if yeah. it comes back to bite him this weekend, if Mike Williams is limited or perhaps doesn't suit up against the Jaguars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Giants were one of our picks, uh, plus 14 in the contest. It of plus 16 and a half. I thought, you know, that was a crazy number. And really, they played pretty decent with Davis Webb and Saquon on the bench and Daniel Jones on the bench. You know, Philly, they didn't look great. The game, 22-16. It was kind of a later cover for this one, but really, it's half. They never were going to cover that. I mean, 14 was just a little bit dicey when they got, they got in the back door. So we got that one right as well, and the Philly doesn't cover this one. Yeah, it was kind of a weird game. I think the handicap, we initially thought that the Giants were going to play, mm-hmm. and then they did not, and they got out to a huge deficit in the first half. And got to say, though, the final score, even though it was a six-point game, it certainly never felt like it was that close in the second half. Right, right. Last game, Rams against the Seahawks. The Seahawks had to win to get in. Uh, the Rams were six-point dogs. This, this was a tooth-and-nail fight. I mean, this game, Seattle was, A, lucky to win the game, they missed the, you know, they, they missed that field goal in regulation, which I thought was the, the death blow, but they ended up kind of getting a gift later to get the the win at 19 to 16. But we obviously cover our thing, and and then we won't talk about the game specifically. But Green Bay just laid an egg on Monday night. Detroit played really well in the second half of that game. I just felt that Green Bay blew the first half because they should have scored touchdowns instead of field goals. And and in the end, when Green Bay loses, Seattle makes the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. What an awesome game that was on Sunday night. I was really into that being a Detroit homer. Now oh. that's fun. Yeah, where's your golf jersey? You got that one? <laughs> it's on back order. <laughs> yeah, there's so many people buying them. So what a shock action when you look at the week. Hey, eight and eight against the spread. I mean, it's just crazy how that works. A split, yep. and then the unders uh, went nine and seven. So for the season, the unders have dominated underdogs in general, but it is really evened out down the stretch especially with the closing numbers. Um, still about 18.5%. You know, the spread mattered, at least for this favorite. Otherwise, it was out red, red losers. So, interesting trends. And then for the Circa Million, I'm sorry, Amir, we did not make it. We were, we were, 
we had a couple weeks back and we've had like two three weeks down the stretch man we were right there um I know. we finished in 819th place still good for you know 4600 people at 55 percent not as good as last year uh but 47 38 and 5 went four and one this week good way to close action the top guy i put this in on he wasn't 58 he's six the top guy went 61 61 and a half points and i don't know if you looked at it he was like tied for third you know a good couple points behind but he went four and one like us it was wow. a group from detroit as um night range essentially the text and so he closes at 68 you know 0.33 percent good for them getting winning the million dollars by themselves no split at all uh and then the top 100 was at 55 uh as the score 61.11 percent so we were right on that 60 percent bogey i think that's kind of the target to yeah. get cash 20 percent will win you the money although this year was 68 and uh 819th place is that did you check back where we were last year i feel like we were right in that same range like in the 800s last season as well i think we finished a little better um okay. actually if you give me one moment i can tell you i think i still have it here yeah last year we finished on the season we we finished with 52 points and we had 559. So we went from 774 to 559. We closed, same thing, four and one at the end. It was just, when we pulled closer, um, we got as close as 368th last year before we kind of swooned and then came back again. But you got to remember, actually, there were, you know, I think last year was maybe 37, 3,800 entries. This year was 4,600. So, right. you know, it's probably a little bit worse than last year, but percentile, we're pretty close. Sure. Yeah, top 20%. But overall, everybody came down. The winner was 70% last year. The the 50% cut line was 64.4. So it seems like everybody didn't have as good a year this year. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Mm -hmm. We'll be back. We'll be back, Circa. <laughs> this is it. 2023. It's the year. Jump into the wild card weekend action, and you know, obviously, we've got it's, it's the super wild card weekend now. There's six games instead of like the old super. days, four. Uh, yeah, exactly, super, which means you have games on Saturday, two, three on Sunday, and then you have a Monday night game. Uh, so I want to go over the injuries first because there's some pretty big ones here that we should talk about before we get into the handicap themselves. The Ravens, we just mentioned, uh, I'm well, Lamar Jackson hasn't practiced. He's listed as out when I looked at his thing, so I don't think he's going to all of a sudden be able to play. But more importantly, I don't think Huntley's going to play. Um, it looks like Anthony Brown is going to start this game. So the move in this line went from whatever it was like nine or whatever. What Five and a half is on my card. Oh, wow. Five and a half. Now it's nine wow. and a half. So. Um, but what about Alex Kappa from the Bengals? Like, the guard got hurt in this game with Baltimore. He's listed as out. So it's not like the Bengals are going to be high-flying you know, if they can't run the ball like they normally can. Um, I don't know. I guess we, we can talk about the handicap right away if you want to. I'm screwing this up. Are we going through the injuries or are we going to go game by game? Yeah, okay. let's just do game by game. Make sense. So, like, now that we've got that, so you got Lamar out, Anthony Brown in, Kappa's going to be out for the Bengals. Uh, I didn't do it in game order. I'm sorry, everybody. But um, so the Bengals now are they're nine and a half point favorites. It opened a six and a half. The total has kind of crashed down to 40 and a half in this one. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I uh, I laid the points with the Bengals. I, I missed this line move though. This must come out today or or uh, yesterday. 
the, uh, presumably there's some information about Lamar, right? It came out yesterday. I didn't know about Huntley though. So yeah, you laid it with the Bengals at five and a yeah, half. Yeah, I have uh, Bengals minus five and a half. I think uh, Sunday night or early Monday morning when I saw that number, just thinking, I personally just didn't think that Lamar was going to be able to go. It's evident to me that he is not feeling the respect from the Bengal, uh, the Ravens organization. They haven't paid him his money, and so like, what impetus does he have to go out there and play at poor health? And so. I mean, on top of that, it's a knee injury. So even if Lamar Jackson does somehow come out and play on Sunday, how effective is he going to be running the ball? I don't think very effective. And so for that reason, I think that Bengals have a pretty serious edge in this game. And I think even if it is Anthony Brown, I like the nine and a half number equally as good. Hmm. So you wouldn't try to go for the the juicy middle there. I mean, it's a pretty big middle there. It's usually an action special. Yeah, I think it's tough. I, uh, Middling is is a difficult thing, uh, and I'm not so sure that I I think the Bengals I'm sorry I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to keep this thing that close so I'm not mm-hmm. so sure that I see value on the the Ravens even at nine and a half or ten. Yeah, I'm kind of opposite on you, buddy. I think it okay. ten earlier today when I put in the numbers, but I just checked just before the pod. If it gets to ten, it's a half. I'd go on the Ravens. I, I I think their defense is still pretty good. Yeah. And without Kappa, I don't, and they're going to, is going to be limited. I think that the Bengals will be happy to get out of this game 17 to 7 or or whatever. I mean, I don't think the Bengals are not, or the Ravens are not going to score at all. So, yeah, clearly they're going to, they're going to win this game. And, and I don't know. I guess we should talk if you think there's any difference between the playoffs and the regular season in terms of, I mean, are you, do you just say, hey, I'm forgetting the spread now. I'm going to take the better team or, do, do numbers really matter to you when, when you're betting the playoffs? Well, um, I mean, before last season, the underdogs in this wild card round had been on a incredible tear. I think last year mm-hmm. it was the favorites who bounced back to like a five and one clip, if I recall last season. But before that, the underdogs were um, way ahead of the game. And so I, I think right. that in terms of where you're looking now, um, underdogs is certainly the starting point. But you also now have a little added nuance with the playoffs go- expanding to these seven teams where you actually have a better team that's playing on wildcard weekend in both the conferences. And so I think that kind of flips the script a little bit. Um, Good point. So, Good point. I, but the AFC is such a interesting animal this year because of the injuries on a yes. number of these teams. And I just don't think that the Baltimore Ravens are suited to move the ball against the Bengals without Lamar or Huntley. I, I mean, I, I said it at the top. I was surprised that they scored 16 points last weekend. I would go back to the well and make that same bet this weekend. I don't think that they're going to get to 16. And so for that reason, yeah. I like the Bengals. And they've been covering. They've been covering like crazy. So, okay, well, let's, I'm going to jump back into order. Okay. Sorry, action. I decided to do something on the fly there. You letting me go off the handle. <laughs> let's start off with the first game. That's Saturday, Seattle against San Francisco. It's supposed to be torrential rains or something like that out yeah. there. Bay. Um, San Francisco opened as a six and a half point favorite, 44 point total. The total is down to 42. Moves all, all the way up to 10. Is that right? That's a big move. So let's start with the injuries first. Looks like Kenneth Walker, the rookie running back who's had a really good year, not practice with his ankle. He is probably going to play, but whether he's going to be effective, I'm not sure. And then Eric Armstead for the 49ers did not practice with his foot. 
I do think they can survive without him, but just noting it, what do you think the reason for the move is? Because the teams are, I'm certainly Walker's not, you know, three and a half to the spread. So why do you think that was just people watched this opener was before they watched Seattle struggle with the Rams? Well, uh, no, I, I, this opener didn't pop up until like right after the end of the Green Bay and mm. uh, Detroit game on Sunday night. Because re- recall, right. if Green Bay had won, it would have been Green Bay in this game. So this mm. was a true opener. In fact, I have a story to tell you because I was so heavily invested in the Lions. Money line plus 200. It was a good <laughs> hit. I was in bed nice. thinking to myself, wow, if the Lions really win this game, it's going to be Seattle going to San Francisco. So as soon as it went final, I'm refreshing my screens, refreshing, refreshing. And I see FanDuel six and a half. And I hammered it right away because I knew that this number was going to go up because I'll answer the question for you. San Francisco has been dismantling opponents lately. They have Mm -hmm. uh, won by double digits now going back. uh, I think I count six games in a row against the spread and uh and one of those was a thursday night game on the road at seattle and so i think that uh the san francisco 49ers team has been scoring at a clip that is not we have not seen in this team when jimmy g was the quarterback they put up 38 37 37 21 35 and 33 points in their last six outings and i think for that reason they're laying a bigger number here and i also like the over for that reason Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even with the rain, yeah. that doesn't stop you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it went to 42, I could see the over. I, I have to agree with you. I mean, 10, I don't know if it's still 10 in the market or 9.5, but San Francisco's better fo- football team. They're the best team in my playoff index. You know, they're the best team in the of all to view. Uh, you know, 10 points just a lot. I mean, I, what I, I this is a teaser game for me. I'm going to tease this down. Yep. I'm going to. I'm going to tease the total down. You know, this is an in, in-game teaser, back to the teaser, and, and take the money because I think that's what, the way it's going to go. But you clearly could probably hit both without doing that. Um, so good for you getting a six and a half. Nice work. I would recommend if you're going to the teaser route, look at a seven-point teaser here. So if you mm. can find a nine and a half, you can get down to two and a half. Sure. That would be your best bet. But even 10 down to three, you typically most domestic books would have to pay a minus 140 juice to go to that seven-point teaser. But getting the field goal on your side is important. Yeah, for sure. So the second game on Saturday is the Chargers-Jacksonville game. This is probably, I'm going to say it's the best game of the weekend. I think it'll be the most interesting game because teams are both mostly healthy. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Jacksonville, actually, the Chargers open as a a one-and-a-half point favorite on the road, 46-and-a-half point total. Total's up to 47-and-a-half, and and it's up to two-and-a-half for the Chargers. That line keeps moving in their direction. I'm just listing off the injuries. You know, for the Jags, they lost Cam Robinson a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's on IR with his knee. Brandon Sheriff, the guard, was limited in practice with his abdomen. He'll probably play. For the Chargers, they never did get Rashawn Slater back. I had heard that he might come back, but he's still on IR from what I can see. And Mike Williams did not practice with his back. So, action. This is a fishy line, buddy. I... I don't quite understand it. I know I've heard a lot of stuff on Beeson this week, so we'll go over it. But on paper, Jacksonville's a better player, a better team, in my view. I don't understand it. They're also at home. We know how they are at home with, with the Jags. I know the Chargers are better and getting healthier, and Herbert's a better quarterback. But I don't understand the line move either. I, I don't understand why there's so much love for the Chargers right now. 
I agree. I make this game a zero pick them on a neutral. And I think if you give any ounce of home field advantage to Jacksonville, which you have to, I mean, quite frankly, that home crowd last Saturday night against the Titans was raucous. And I think that is an edge for the Jaguars. And so catching two and a half points here in a game that should be like Jacksonville minus one and a half, I think is extremely good value. Um, yeah. the, we've seen from Trevor Lawrence and the offense a little bit more composure this season, especially on the stretch. And I think that is going to go a long way uh, as we get into the playoffs here. They also have a head coach in Doug Peterson that has a tremendous playoff pedigree, which the other side has zero playoff pedigree. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I think that's another huge factor in this handicap as well. I agree with you. I think the coach is the biggest handicap. I don't think Staley's a very good coach. He's, you know, kind of does all that. He, last year was all the fourth fourth down guy. He doesn't seem to have control, mm-hmm. you know. So, and this team, traditionally, the Chargers, they've played better lately. They have been, played better lately, but they're not really covering numbers. So to be a road favorite, I mean, they have played better, and I, and I think they have really good talent on their team, but the Jags' defense isn't that bad. They, I know that they're – what I hear on Beeson is that the Jags' secondary is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can get the ball out – because they have a pretty good pass rush. But if you get the ball out, these receivers are going to do damage. But without Woods out there, I mean, Allen's not going to break big plays. Carter's okay. They've got some players, but I don't think you're going to run on this team. Eckler's, you know, has had a better second half of the season. But so anyway, I'm, I'm with you, buddy. I'm uh, plus two and a half. This is my pick, my pick of the week. Yeah, I also uh, love the Jaguars in a teaser, too, if you're looking for a, a team to pair them up with the Niners. Um, yeah. You know, there's a couple other teaser legs out there this week, too. But Jaguars are two and a half up to eight and a half or, or nine and a half in some cases is good. There you go. OK, so let's move to Sunday, although we already went to the, the, the night game. Uh, Miami against Buffalo. This game opened as ten and a half for my uh, Buffalo at home. Forty four and a half point total. Now that I guess two got ruled out. And now it's Skylar Thompson who's officially going to start. It's skyrocketed to 13 point uh, favorite for Buffalo, and then the total went down to three and a half. So that was the main one. The only ones I wanted to know did know the Bills secondary is kind of banged up in general. You've got Micah Hyde is on IR with his neck. Jordan Poyer is limited in practice with his. Is he also a neck? Maybe he's a knee. I usually put that right, but maybe. But so you've got a, you know, the safeties are in, in hurting for the, the Bills, mm-hmm. but. I don't see how, how Miami wins this game. I, there's no path in my mind. This would be like the biggest upset of, you know, the recent history. Uh, but can they cover that 13 against the Bills? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Actually, I don't see uh, Jordan Poyer on. I'm looking on team rankings. I don't see him on the injury report. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. He definitely should be on there. And, and you forgot to mention Tamar Hamlin, too. The third string safety well, sure. is clearly not going to play either. So, uh Definitely a little bit banged up, but uh, I don't think it's going to matter against Skylar Thompson and company. I was kind of surprised that there's been no Teddy discussion. I did see the same report that you did, that they're expecting Skylar Thompson to be their quarterback on Sunday. And uh, that's not going to go well against the league's number one defense. Well, he's a rookie. He hasn't even done well when he's in there. Uh, So, okay, lay the wood. I can see that. Again, I wouldn't mind teasing this one, too with something because just to be safe, but I don't know. I see a throttling here in the opener in the opening on Sunday, but yeah. Any, any thought on the total? You think it'd be under then the total? 
I would definitely have a lean to the under. I just don't see the Dolphins contributing too much. Recall last season, though, in the same spot against another divisional opponent in the Patriots, I think the Buffalo yeah. Bills put up like 50 points in their own right. So they're certainly capable yeah. of that. I wouldn't count on it or expect it because I, I think that if they're being smart about this, they're going to probably take their foot off the gas in the second half. I'm sure uh, there's less impetus to run it up on the Dolphins like it was on the Patriots last season. But um, right, right. I, that would give me a little pause on the total. That's all. But I have no problem with laying the points with Buffalo even mm-hmm. at 13 right now. Yeah, me neither. Okay, I think this will be an interesting game on Sunday, the 3.30 game. So you've got the Giants playing at Minnesota, another rematch. Um, Minnesota opens a three-point favorite at home, 48-point total. I don't know if the total moves. I just put that in there. Um, and it's still staying steady at three for Minnesota. So these are two – this is a funny matchup because both these teams, I think, are pretty pretenderish or they're paper tigerish. Yeah. I haven't made that paper tiger yet. I'm sorry, actually, I'm busy. Um, but I mean, I gotta, I gotta side with the Giants. I, plus three. I, Minnesota is the smoke and mirror team, right? They're 13 and four. They played, they won eight games, eight one-score games, eight no, I think, in those games. This was one of a 60-yard field goal to beat the Giants, and I think they have the coaching advantage too. Dable's gonna have something planned mm-hmm. for Justin Jefferson, and I heard some stat today that. Between Jefferson and Hawkinson, they both got 16 targets and only one pass breakup amongst those 32 attempts. So they're going to probably improve there. Plus, the Giants – sorry, I skipped the end. Um, one of the things for the Giants, they have a Dory Jackson uh, quarterback. He's limited practice today. I heard he's coming back. And Garrett Bradbury's limited practice for the Vikings, the center. So that's going to be an impact on this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... Anytime you lose a center in, in football, it's definitely going to be impactful. And uh, also, reminder that this is not in Kirk Cousins' preferred window for 40 That's start right. time. He's going to throw him off his uh, little mechanical clock. I, I think I, uh, I, I know that I bet on the Giants in the first game, but that was a different number, four and a half in the first one yep. in Minnesota. Just uh, that was probably four weeks ago now. Yeah, mm-hmm. week 16. And uh, yep. now we're talking three, so it changes the game a little bit. I definitely am still interested in going against Minnesota as much as I can, but uh, mm-hmm. it's probably something that I'm going to wait on until kickoff. I've got an alert set on my phone for three and a half. If that comes mm-hmm. up, I'm definitely going to hit it right away. This is one of those games where there's no real rush to bet on the underdog here. You've got some asymmetric risk. No reason to... Uh, not wait for that three and a half. Right, right. Okay, so it might be a stay away for you then until yeah, the number is better. I think so. In terms of the total, I think uh, you saw, I mean, both of these teams were over teams throughout the year because the Vikings defense is so bad. But in the first game, I think it took like 20 plus points late in the fourth quarter to push it over, including the game winning field goal. And so I think we've already seen these two teams battle a little bit on getting on the scoreboard. And so I think there's some sneaky value on the under at 48 and a half. Interesting. Okay. I know people are probably all over the over given what happened last time in the dome. Okay. So we already went over the Baltimore Cincinnati game. Let's go over the Monday night game. This is Dallas against Tampa. Uh, Tampa's hosting yet, you know, worst record. So 
Tampa Open, I'm sorry, Dallas Open is a three and a half point favorite. I listed that incorrectly. Um, and then the total is 44 and a half on the opener. It's down to two and a half now for Dallas and 45 and a half. So I'm going to lay out my handicap and you'll probably disagree with me, but okay. Tampa has sucked all season, dude. I can't, I can't do it. I, Tom Brady, give me a fucking break. Sorry, sorry, America. I need to swear. Um, Dallas has sucked down the down the stretch. There's no question. We hate McCarthy. He's a terrible coach. Do I want them to lose by 30 and have him fired and Sean Payton go there and make that team better? Yes. But I just can't see I Dallas is gonna score on this team. I know the Tampa's defense pretty solid, but I just can't do it, man. I, I I understand why the move went from three and a half to two and a half, but I don't think I can back this Buccaneers team. And I'm sure everybody in America is going to be on Tom Brady. Well, that's probably not true because Dallas is a public team. But I think everybody, the Sharps, love Tampa plus two and a half because they're at home. And Tom Brady, uh-uh, not for me. I'm on Dallas minus two and a half. Interesting. I I like the handicap. Uh, definitely got a little bit of extra value as now that we've gone from three, three and a half down to two and a half. I kind of missed this, just crushed through the three. It looks like there is zero threes left available in the market. So there's definitely money coming out here. Um, It's tough for me because it just seems like, I know it seems like is the wrong way to put it, but Tampa Bay has pulled games out of their rear end on numerous occasions late this season. And the way that Dallas has been fading down the stretch gives me personally some pause on wanting to back them. The way the defense has been playing lately is troublesome. And uh, you could argue the same about the way that Tampa offense has been playing lately. So that that Dallas defense versus the Tampa offense is going to be super intriguing and probably going to decide the outcome of this game. I'm personally going to stay away from it, though. I, I just can't see an edge one way or another. I am kind of intrigued by the total, though. You mentioned that you thought Dallas would score a lot. That's been reflective in the move on the total from 44.5 out to 46 right now. Right. I didn't really put the uh, injuries on this one. Probably should have. But, um, I mean, I see some limited practice for Tyron Smith and Demarcus Lawrence. I think all those guys play. Mm-hmm. For Tampa, let's see. V- There's nothing really. Vita Vea, the big run stopper, is questionable. Defensive lineman. Yeah. He's limited. They've got. These other guys, I don't know. So that's but some guards. They must be on the team. Limited practice. John Mulchin and, and Nick Laverett. So, you know, I just you're right. They pulled some stuff out of their butts all season. Um, it's Tom Brady. We all know what he can do. He's good skill players, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just think that Dallas is just better. Even even I don't think I shouldn't say this. <laughs> Even McCarthy can't screw this up. Um, he can't. But I, I think they're going to get their come up and take. If they go to Philly or yeah. you know somehow end up going to San Francisco, something happens. But um, yeah, I just. Uh, I'm glad you brought up anyway. the, the coaching though, because out of all the games that or the the teams in the NFC that the Cowboys could go up against, Todd Bowles is not one that strikes any fear into you in terms of a coaching matchup. So right. this right. kind of mitigates any edge that the opponent might have there. Right. The biggest thing for Dallas is Dak Prescott. Yeah. He hasn't played well. He's got like, I think he has 15 interceptions on the season. He didn't even play a full season. I think he's got 
seven straight games of interception or something like that, I heard. He's just turning the ball over. And to figure out a way to not do that. Now, granted, you're not going to just line up and run against this Tampa team, and that's what Dallas really wants to do. But I think if they can get Dak easier throws, and, and it's really just to see if Tampa's going to bring the heat, you know, blitz him and, and see if they can get him make, to make some mistakes. But I don't know. I just uh, – so it's an interesting game. I'm, I'm glad they put this one on Monday. I think the probably the better game would have been the Jags. Chargers, but this is more intriguing, you know, more name value, so I don't understand why they put it on Monday night. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, a uh, couple programming notes. Um, next week, both Action and I are traveling a bit. Um, somebody's going to be off the grid, which I, I appreciate. Uh, that's good. Good for you, Action. I wish that was me. I'll be down in Tampa area playing some volleyball and drinking with my friends, so we're going to not tape. It's the first time in a while that we do that midseason. Yeah. But, uh, you know, sorry, legions of fans. You'll have to wait until championship week to hear our leans. Uh, I will still write an article, though, so you can read on Wags Pool. Uh, and actually to be sunning himself in Hawaii, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're heading uh, to Kauai tomorrow morning for the honeymoon. So very excited for that. Going to take some time away from work and others and just disconnect, do a lot of hiking, and hopefully uh, lose some cell service. <laughs> Perfect. And then a bigger announcement, I guess, we've already booked. We've officially booked the Vegas trip. The four the four best friends are going back again uh, to Stadium Swim. on. So we'll be all, well, three of us will fly out on March 15th, which is Wednesday. You know, I guess we'll, I'll probably come in too late for the first four games. But then on Thursday, the 16th, we'll be at Stadium Swim. We've already booked some VIP chairs. We're looking for other people to meet up with us and everything. And then we're going to stay there till you and I are leaving Saturday night, the 18th, but some people will be there Sunday. So feel free to join us out there. It should be a lot of fun. There was talk. I'm going to put her on blast because she listens once in a while. She was a little drunk, and Art was to get Ridgeway to show up this year. Nice. Um, and one of my friends who plays volleyball, Nicole, who's never been to Vegas, I'm like, you guys can come, but here's the itinerary. My buddy Aaron might come. These guys talk all the time, but you know, we know the four people that will be there, us, but... I'm excited that we're going to do it again, despite the skyrocketing hotel prices. Yeah, we'll be there with uh, thousands of our construction industry-related friends as well. <laughs> That's right. They they really planned that one well. So I'm actually missing an industry conference here in Chicago, the 15th, 16th. I'm like, nice. March Madness, baby. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Ashton. We'll have a great trip to uh, Hawaii. We'll check with everybody in two weeks. Uh, follow me at Side Action. I'm sorry, me at Wagspool.com. Ah, again, follow me at Wagspool on Twitter and Instagram. You said and that. and follow me on Twitter at 31s Roberts. And follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and at Side Action Podcast on Instagram. All right. Well, enjoy the Super Wild Card Weekend. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests 
Statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast, and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict. Individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made. As the Side Action Podcast, its owners, hosts, associates, or guests will not guarantee any advice given. The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.